Welcome to Witch Police Radio. Episode number 41. Yeah. This, this is... Oh, go ahead. You, 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 you hosted this one, so... You, so who am I? You're John, and you hosted this one all by yourself. I'm John. I'm, I'm hosting all by myself. A good gold star for that one. Yeah. Uh, we had some uh, out-of-town guests. So yeah, it's weird to think that they're out of town because they're from Winnipeg and we played in bands with them, but... Uh, but yeah. You know, life goes on, people move. Yep. Uh, so this week's guests were Goldwyn Miller, previous, previously of... The Mouthboat. With both of us. With both of us. And show Shaku Shaku Shaku. Shaku with me, which I didn't even mention during the show. And then Grandpa's Army with me. I, did I say who I was? Who are you? I'm Sam. People um, but, yeah, people know who People know who I am by now, yeah. yeah. People you're, probably know who you are, relentless, uh, relentless promotion of this podcast, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah, Goldwyn was in, I mean, he was in Grandpa's Army with me back from 1998 to 2000. And then again, when they had the reunion show. Yeah. And then he was in The Mouthboat with both of us. Yep. And then he was in Shoshaku Jushaku with you. Yeah, which people, I haven't listened to that in a while. It's Basically, pretty popular on Witch Police. It's got, like, that's good. Well, it's, 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 you know. I was in town for like a summer. A pretty significant number of downloads. Goldwyn came over and hung out in the basement and we cranked out. And it was it's a good weird. album. It's good. I like it. It's I'm weird. It's super weird. <laughs> super weird. Um, and then the other guest was James Rakrima. James Rakrima. Who, who uh, also was in Grandpa's Army yep. uh, back in the day with me and Goldwyn. And a lot of other people. Yeah. And then him and Goldwyn, we talked about it briefly. We're yeah. in like a band which never sort of. Yeah, I think I remember anything. them being in a band, and I they played. I didn't see their show, but they, I know they played like at least one or two shows. Okay, but, I, I would have um, been interested to hear. We talked about whether or not they'd recorded things, and I don't think I ever heard it. No, I knew of it at the time. I'm pretty sure though. But mm-hmm. and so this week's theme is mathematics. Yeah, and that was a little different because usually we do the theme um, with a random word generator on the internet, but this time uh, I think because it was the last minute nature of the thing too. Well, I'd kind of I think in an email jokingly suggested, hey, if both yeah. Goldwyn and James, because they're both like. Mathema geniuses. <laughs> yeah. If they're going to be on, maybe we should just make the theme mathematics. You kind of. Yeah. Well, I was cool with it cool because with yeah, idea. you know, as much as we like to talk about the the random word generator, like we've had a few episodes now where the theme is uh, kind of chosen, like we did uh, episode thirty six with the Wu Tang episode. Right. And actually, next week's episode, which you'll hear next week, is uh, a specific uh, based on a specific artist as well that Rob did by himself. Yeah. Uh, so okay. that one's uh, pretty exciting. But you'll you'll hear about it next week. Actually, if you're listening to this, you'll see it on the page on Witch Police. It'll say, like, next week's episode, and there's a picture of it. But I'm not going to tell you in case you decided to... Because you don't know how to read. In case you don't know how to read or look at pictures, yeah. <laughs> yeah you're good. So, yeah, anyway, Goldwyn and James, um, it was a really good episode. I wish I had been there for it. Um, yeah, because you know both of them probably, you know... I actually, you know... I, more long-term. I, I've known Goldwyn, I guess, for a long time. James, I mean, I was in a band with him, but uh, I never really hung out with James much. Not, I mean, I like the guy. I just... So, uh, you know, I just didn't spend a lot of time with him. So, yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have... Uh, I think with Goldwyn I have more rapport just because I was in a bunch of bands with them. Mm-hmm. James was the one in high school with ten people in the band, so it was like, you know, nice guy though. They totally, like, yeah, 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 and good, good musician too. Uh, I mean, he played sax in Grandpa's Army, but yeah. he played guitar. In oh yeah, so others. and yeah, so to start at the show, which another thing, sorry, just one thing I wanted to say yeah. is that um, when we first started, this is like a little bit of background. I, I mean, no one cares about Grandpa's Army at this point. It's like fifteen years except ago, for you, except <laughs> for me and a couple other people who you know. Anyway, so but uh, when that band started, uh, Goldwyn and uh, James were both in this swing band that practiced at like Robert A. Steen Community Center. It was like this put together swing band. This is some jazz musician, I forget his name, but he like put the swing band together out of kids mm-hmm. and he made it. And Daryl Riley, who was our last week's host, he was also in that band. Oh, okay. Playing sax. Nice. So that's well, how I first, I mean, I didn't know him then, but I knew who he was. I remember thinking he had a stupid hat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Daryl's cool. And James and Goldwyn are cool too. So there's like this weird. It's yeah, this weird yeah. incestuous thing that happens all the time on this show where it's, you find out that someone who was a guest happened to be in a band with one of the other guests or knows. It's just, you know, 
It's almost, yeah. It's yeah, inevitable, it's I think. It's inevitable. Mainly because we're getting our friends to be on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I had, uh, we, we recorded over at my place and had uh, I had the two guys over and we had a little jam beforehand, so I'm going to yeah. play a little snippet from some of that. Yeah, yeah that, that, I was show. actually, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, I was actually kind of, when you first told me that, I was a little bit bummed out that we weren't going to be able to force Gramps Army on people again a third time because he's already been on the show twice, but... Uh, I'm sure you'll post links all Oh, yeah. Those. Well, it was, yeah, I'll, I'll find a way, I'll find a way. <laughs> Propagate this music we made in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Still living the dream. Yeah, yeah, living the third wave ska dream. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, if you want to check out this episode, you are checking it out. And uh, other keep episodes, on, keep on, keep on listening, please. And uh, I'm done in a couple of seconds. So it's just John. If you're annoyed by me already, um, but you go to www.witchpolice.com. Uh, there's a podcast button at the top of the page, and it gives you a link to every single podcast we've done so far. Uh, past. 40 of them, and then yeah. this one. Uh, we're also on UMFM every... Monday one, night. One, 101.5 UMFM. UMFM every Monday night at 11. And if you, let's say, have like an hour commute to work <laughs> and you want to listen to our podcast every day, you could... Do we post the... Uh, oh, you could go to the UMFM website maybe. But you, anyway, you can get like a more concise one-hour version of the show. You can and you can't. Oh. Um, you can... You know what? Just forget you said that. Oh, oh, no, just okay. Listen to these long form rambling. Yeah, these are the long form rambling ones. Um, if you want the short ones, the best bet is to listen on Mondays at eleven. We don't have it set up on UMFM yet, for so I can download the short podcast. Okay. But uh, they can get them from us if they want. Like if someone wants a podcast, yeah, maybe email us at which please mail at gmail Maybe we can throw, start throwing them on the podcast site. Yeah, when we have, you know, we could actually go back to the archives and do that. Yeah. So maybe maybe we'll do that by then. By the time you listen to this, maybe not. Maybe not. Likely not. But yeah, uh, we're also on Twitter uh, at Witch Police FM. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witch Police Radio. And uh, I'm sure we're somewhere else. Welcome to Witch Police Radio. We're here in uh, in studio with uh, your only one and only usual host, John. Uh, both Sam and Rob are on assignment uh, today and couldn't make it out. Uh, but there are two guests with me today. I've got uh, Golden Miller. Hi. And James Requima. Hey. And this podcast is uh, a bit unusual because, well, I was... Uh, I mentioned to Sam that Golden was in town, and 
kind of suggested a theme for the show, and he said, I should go for it. But, you know, up until now, every theme that we've had for a show has been a randomly generated word. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, we're kind of we're kind of bending the rules a little bit. But one place where you can't bend rules is in <laughs> mathematics. <laughs> and that happens to be the theme of the show. So both Goldwyn and uh, James are pretty into the mathematics. Maybe you can explain how, how so. I guess that's pretty accurate. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm a graduate student in math uh, in Ottawa. Um, I've been studying math for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and James is a teacher, math teacher. Yeah, yeah at a college in, in Montreal. And I studied math with Goldwyn. We did, a, we did our undergrads together. Okay. Yeah. And so do you teach, I mean, you must, te- like, specialize in something, or is it... Uh, well, I mean, when I did my master's degree, I specialized in something, sure. but uh, when I'm teaching at the college, basically, it's mostly, like, first year, a few second year courses. Yeah. Okay. Like, mm. So stuff that you probably know inside and out? Yeah, it's pretty, point? pretty easy stuff, yeah. Okay. Were, were you both, like, like, you know, most students really hate math, or most don't, don't take to it. Did you take to math like at a younger age or something? How did this? How does this happen? Well, he did and I didn't. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I did. Like I, I, um, you know, some things you just find easier than others, and you know, like I, I guess I would maybe find essay writing more difficult than math in, in mm-hmm. grade school, and uh, but I, I wouldn't say I was really that into it until I, I had a, a high school teacher, which was really good, and he sort of showed me some cool stuff, and it sort of sparked my interest and that's what I decided to pursue that so nice yeah yeah I sort of I wasn't I wasn't very into it for most of high school and towards the end I started you know getting into it and enjoying it and you know as I don't know I guess like in first year university I just I liked my courses I think it was my favorite subject so I decided to uh, to major in it mm-hmm. yeah. still going still going <laughs> yeah yeah, just, yeah still because <laughs> yeah. yeah so for a bit of background like Goldwyn and Sam, regular host Sam, and I were uh, in the mouth boat together. And I remember being, we played a show, uh, you'll probably remember, in Brandon. Yeah. Where I was working on, I think, my thesis, and you were working on a math thesis at the time. Yeah, right, right. So we were, we were playing a punk rock show <laughs> uh, with, like, some drunk underage <laughs> children there, basically. Was it, like, was it not, like, more of a metal show? It was a metal show, that's yeah. right, yeah. I remember the Brandon kids were really just, like, loving the metal. And yeah, stuff. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a that's a whole market. Yeah. yeah. Were you guys just, like, at a table while so we're like, at a writing? Table. While, like, chaos is going <laughs> on Breaking out you. the books. <laughs> and there's just screaming everywhere, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. It worked out in, for, yeah. in all ways in the end. Some people go to coffee shops. Some people go to punk shows. Yeah, I think as long as, like, it's a constant noise in the background, that's all I need. Um, yeah, so gold, and then you guys, James is also uh, has been into music before. Yeah, I guess uh, Goldwyn and I were in Grandpa's Army in high school. Yeah, and we were in like a, a band together in undergrad. Just like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, I never. I don't think I ever heard that band. Yeah, we, we only short played lived. like like a couple. Of we worked shows. like really hard. And yeah, like, that's right. Put together like like some intricate songs yeah <laughs> but guess, we only played set. one show i think so yeah oh is that did you record those songs um we tried didn't we? yeah well we were really sloppy like it was right at the end of our undergrad and then um a couple of us were leaving for grad school 
and and we tried to get recordings done, and we we made recordings, but we didn't actually lay down any vocals. I think so. Right. Well, I don't know if sloppy was the word though, because like you like, <laughs> like you guys, some of you were like pretty serious about like right, yeah, it, like super tight actually. Yeah, yeah. Maybe sloppy is not the right word. Yeah. Like not enough time. <laughs> maybe a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, it, we just did it over one summer, and yeah, yeah, didn't quite. Okay. Are you yeah. and are you weren't able to keep it going? Doing anything these days? Just kind of. Play um, for fun? Or? Yeah, I mean, I've had, like, I've been in a, a couple of just, like, you know, bands for fun in Montreal. Uh, nothing recently. Golden and I have talked about yeah, getting we, some stuff going. Yeah, we've been going. planning to do, to do a project for almost a year now, but we still haven't gotten around. But we're we're getting to Yeah, it. we're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't live in the same place. We live close by, though, right? Close like, enough. I, I mean, I visited Montreal, like, every second week oh, really? uh, this year because okay. my girlfriend lived there. And yeah. so mm-hmm. it's it's really not a bad community. It's, it's about two and a half hours by bus. It's pretty cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. So it's doable. And we were talking about, like, some ways that we could, if we want to toss ideas back and forth, like, by Very easy these yeah. days to do that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's a new age we live in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. thanks to mathematics. You see what I did there? Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without math, where would we be? Yeah. So I think we might get a couple math lessons along the way <laughs> throughout the podcast. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how deep the relationship between math and music runs, because it seems like it's... Yeah, people always say, like, it's the same type of thinking or something, but, but I, don't I don't think there's any think any so. reason to actually, like, sit, believe that that's true. No, because, right. yeah, I actually yeah. sat and kind of gave it some consideration today and was like, no, like, there's time signature, mm-hmm. there's, like, some fractions yeah. stuff. I think a lot of people, like, some people who say that might just not understand either. Either, of them. yeah. Maybe. There is probably more creativity in math than most people believe. Okay, well, that's, that's true, interesting. I, yeah. I mean, how, where does that come from? Where does it well, stem from? You know, you're trying to, to do research problems to, to solve open problems, and sometimes you need to, to be creative in order to do so. Sometimes you need to invent new languages or new terms or something to, uh, you know, or to use. Um, use math in ways that um, that are kind of unexpected or that are not obvious, mm-hmm. uh, and takes yeah. takes sort of creativity to to be able to do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because if there was an easy way to solve a lot of these problems, they would have already been solved, I guess. So there's just like a is there just like a constant amount of unsolved problems that one could choose? Yes, <laughs> it's, actually that's true. Um, it's it's something that you probably find surprising, but um, like every year, I think there's more new math that comes out than any one person could ever read in a lifetime. Okay. And, and then I think the list of problems is almost, uh, it's always growing. There's always new things coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's not a field that's going to be ending anytime soon. No. So. Yeah, there's no end to math yeah. in sight. <laughs> that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, it is. And so when you're, I mean, when you're doing it at a, a graduate or higher level, I mean, you're concentrating on, usually at, you know, graduate studies, you're very focused on something specific. Yeah. And then yeah, in this case, I mean, when you you know maybe a fair bit about a certain kind of mathematics, is there just a whole bunch that you just wouldn't can't even touch or like absolutely yeah yeah That's I mean right. um, I, I you know when I went to do my my masters, uh, another person from my undergrad came to the same school that I went to, and we had the same training going in, and then at the end of the two years, we basically couldn't tell each other what our our thesis were about you know like we we had general language but you know we had specialized so much by that time that you know we were kind of almost talking different languages which is like 
neat, but I mean, Golden and I were talking about the other day about how like, maybe that's sort of a, a bad thing, like the over-specialization of it, so, um, and it's kind of cool, Golden's been telling me he's been doing his PhD, and he's been trying to take a, a different approach, like sort of make sure he has a good basis yeah, for... Yeah, I'm trying to get like a broader, a broader spectrum of knowledge, but still, still just a small slice of what's, what's out there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right, neat. Well, maybe we should get into a... Into a tune. Uh, did we figure out which you're going to pick? First? Yeah, sure. Uh, we can listen. I guess we'll play Helix Nebula by Anna Managachi. Okay. And so for obvious reasons, I guess? Yeah. Helix, yeah, is a, it's like a space curve. It's like given its parametric function, like, and uh, so it's math. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely math. Yeah. And I mean, they're definitely like kind of a, a nerdy math band, I guess. They like, they're a chiptunes band, so they make music on an NES and play instruments over it. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how, yeah, I wonder what you have to do to, like, wire that up. I saw, I think I've even mentioned this on the podcast, I saw a guy who had made, like, a a guitar sort of out of different systems that he could play, and he made, like, electronic music. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder how you could hotwire one of those. But, okay, so th- this is, like, most of their sound has this as... Yeah, definitely like the eight bit sound, and then uh, and then they have like a live band over it. Like when they perform live, it's kind of neat to see you have like the the NES sitting One there, guy sitting there, yeah, <laughs> beating levels. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, so let's check it out. This is uh, Helix Nebula by Anna Managachi. <laughs>
quarterback. That was Helix Nebula by Anna, hmm? Anna Managuchi. Yep. Anna Managuchi. Uh, yeah, so you're saying that they... Yeah, uh, it's it kind of neat. So when the Scott Pilgrim movie came out, they released a game for, uh, I don't know, one of the new consoles that, you know, like Xbox or PlayStation or something, but it looked like one of the old school 8-bit NES games, and so they got Anna Managuchi to do the soundtrack for it. It was pretty cool, and it's like you're playing an old school NES game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like. I think I like. Like, I don't play any new games whatsoever. I think I would, if I was getting something, would go for like maybe a, a Super Nintendo at best. Yeah, <laughs> but if possible, uh, I I remember I kind of got into the Nintendo sixty four. That was the last one that I that I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the lunchtime special, like in maybe high school. Right, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, a lot of Bond tournaments. I yeah. have pretty good memories of the Mario for that system. Like, I right. just remember there's this thing where like there's these penguins sliding down like a ice slide or something uh-huh. like it was awesome yeah <laughs> I was actually big, big into the like Zelda franchise so I remember Zelda for the 64 okay. it was really good yeah hmm. yeah no time for video games anymore um I play a bit like I uh yeah I don't know I'm not a huge gamer like some people at my work kind of they'll you know take weeks of time just like finishing a game or whatever but yeah. I sort of casually mm-hmm. like I, I downloaded like portal on my computer or whatever and played it it was fun so yeah yeah i don't i don't really do that <laughs> i mean it's, it's yeah i guess it's fun yeah i kind of like the goofier games yeah yeah too much the you know like throwing birds at things i've never done it but i could probably get into it like <laughs> kind of thing yeah, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done it with the angry birds either mm. yeah staying away <laughs> too addictive but yeah i like that yeah the eight bit crunchy uh, mm-hmm. sound. It's a very triumphant sounding uh, song. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remind me of like closing credits to uh, a movie like uh, what's the superhero movie but with kids? They just came out with the second one. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it being the credits for that or something. But yeah, I, I do really like that sound. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of get a sound kind of like that on Fruity Loops. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and it, I guess it's kind of like a, um, I don't know if you'd call it a gimmick or whatever, but you like it's cool that it's like actually being played on like an NAS or whatever. True. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit more authenticity mm-hmm. to it. Nice. Well, Golden, I think you had a song that like kind of follows up, or is it also instrumental? Um. I guess I guess no. Um, they they say Rubik's cube uh, oh, throughout. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, is is that the one we want to go with? I don't. Know, you can go with whatever song you want. Okay, like. let's go with it. Um, it's a band called uh, Drexia. I guess it's it was two guys, uh, one of whom is now deceased. Um, they're a techno band from Detroit. I guess from the nineties. And uh, yeah, this song is about. About a Rubik's cube, which I think everybody's everybody's seen. Everybody's seen. Yeah. Who who here has solved a Rubik's cube? I've never. Yeah, I haven't solved one. No. Have you? I, I may I, have I'm cheated sure. when I was a kid and like restuck the stickers. Yeah, on. I'm yeah. not sure. I think I mean have never even tried one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. No, Are they? No. Well, there's actually like I don't know if we want to talk about it now or not, but we're looking at 
like there's actually like quite a bit of math behind the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, that's right. We were, we were looking into it. So um, if you knew your math, would that help? Could you just go in? I don't know if you had line. like the mastery of the group behind it. If you well, yeah, they said that um, it, it can help you in certain sort of sub cases, like okay. like if you. I don't know, look at spinning things in in only certain ways um, and stuff. But I, I don't think it could help you to solve, like, the general problem, just given, like, a random configuration, how to get it back to... Okay, uh, okay. Yeah. But I guess there's, like, some equivalencies in there, right? Like, it's like, you could do this, but it's the same as this other thing, probably. Right. right. I think... So you can make a bit of headway with the math, with the mathematical theory, but you're still, you know, it's still a, a difficult puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's check out uh, Rubik's Cube... By who? Drexia.
I guess I'll take it. Um, <laughs> right, so, so that was Drexia. Um, and they sort of um, uh, created a mythology to surround their, to surround their music. Um, and in that mythology, uh, Drexia was an underwater country populated by the unborn children of pregnant African women uh, thrown off of slave ships that had adapted to breathe underwater in their mother's wombs, or so it says Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah, it says like it, this was just included in some liner notes. Yes, that's right. It was FYI. included in the liner notes to their 1997 album, The Quest. Hmm. Yes. Well, how did, how did you get into these guys? Right, so I first read about this band, uh, I guess, from when one of their albums was reissued, and I read about them on a popular uh, music criticism website. And, um, yeah, so I checked them out, and I got pretty into it. And uh, I haven't heard... I, I just... 
I hadn't heard this song before, but I just assumed that they would have a song about math or that related to math in some way. Just yeah, kind of made sense to me. Mm. So yeah. So how many how many albums do they have? Um, or like from what I understand, they have about four, perhaps. I I mean I. I don't know if you call them all albums. Uh, some of them are singles. Um, okay. But yeah, so so they they recorded and throughout the '90s, and uh, I guess they were uh, pretty secretive about who they were. They were never uh, photographed during their during their career. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they played like put on performances or not. Uh, apparently, they did, but they wore masks. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, especially if you're making like. Kind of strange music. Yeah, and people kind of like wonder who's behind space it. Space music, yeah, right? It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, I had, when I was thinking about the theme, I had some bands in mind that like I was like, surely they'll have something that will work, and was just checking. Yeah, that's kind of how yeah. I went about it too. I'm like, this band has definitely has to have something about math. But yeah, as yeah, I mean, it didn't always work out. I was surprised by some of them that didn't, but yeah. A lot more. Well, it's usually like a lot of outer space. I find. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. math itself not as not as common. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about playing something by like Steve Reich or something, where it's very the music itself is mathematical or very mm-hmm. pattern based. Yes, that's. I think that's an interesting idea. Although mm-hmm. maybe this is again like thinking that something is related to math when really it isn't. Like just because it repeats a lot or there's a lot of. Looping or overlapping. Well, there's a certain like structure to it, I guess. You yeah. Know, you consider that you consider that to be math. Yeah. It's just kind of like a language. Yeah. Well, I think your your master's advisor had a pretty good definition of math, which was just like the study of structure and patterns. I think something yeah, like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So in that sense, it sounds a lot broader than what most people most people would just think something involving numbers. I think. Yeah. Yeah, in, it goes beyond uh, beyond mm-hmm. just numbers mm-hmm. certainly yeah yeah although numbers are what i'm interested in i study number theory i didn't really study many numbers i mean numbers are a tool that i, I used in, in my studies but yeah so what would you call your what, what you study uh what i did my master's on was called geometric group theory so it was like more studying you yeah more studying um these structures called groups, but using shapes and stuff like that, so different spaces and stuff. Okay. It's more geometrical, I'd say. Okay. What kind of, like, an understanding does one hope... What are you trying to get at when you're when you're doing that? Uh, well, I mean, so there are a lot of open problems in algebra uh, about groups, trying to answer some questions, and recently people have thought that um, there are these relationships between these spaces and these groups so if you could understand the spaces you could draw conclusions about the groups Mm -hmm. and so they try and study the spaces and properties that they have to be able to answer some of the questions but again it's like one of the specialized areas like we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. sure groups are a type of abstraction that um, has turned out to be quite useful Um, so <laughs> Maybe some motivation. It's hard to be like, yeah. I swear, you want to study this stuff yeah, or something. So it's, but. You know, it's, it's something that's that's been sort of abstracted, and you find by studying these objects, these groups, you get results that apply to a lot of different specific situations. Hmm. Um, you can you can learn things about numbers. You can learn things about you know, Rubik's cube. About Rubik's cubes. <laughs> oh yeah, is there anything we should know about Rubik's cubes? Uh, there is, but I don't think we really know it. But, <laughs> but there is, there, there has been some headway, head, some headway made apparently. Um, 
some partial results towards uh, the general problem of solving a Rubik's cube um, using group theory, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because. Yeah, we we just for fun we're looking up uh, what was this? There's a website with like uh, songs that sound like they could be about math but aren't. Oh yeah. And then you were reading some of the lyrics, and I was like, this has nothing to do with math. But you guys both <laughs> right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you know it's just language that you learn like when you're learning math. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of yeah, like, like smooth operator really cracked us up. Take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. Yeah, I have no idea <laughs> what, what you're talking about. So, what, is there <laughs> something about a boundary or something like on the boundary? Yeah, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I went with uh, my first choice. Unfortunately, isn't nearly as like electronic as the last two. I feel like it's taking a, a different turn. But I'm playing a song uh, by Most Deaf, now known as um, Yeah. What was it? Yasin Bey, I believe he's going as now. Uh, who's a hip hop artist from New York, from Brooklyn. Uh, the song is called Mathematics. So chosen for obvious reasons. He's referencing a lot of numbers, but you know he's someone who would be considered, I guess, a, a social or a, sorry, a conscious rapper in the sense that he's talking about social issues and you know it's not just like songs about money or cars or what have you. You know, it's about, about interesting things yeah. and yeah, breaking it down mathematically <laughs> as well. Uh, some of our listeners would know. I may have seen. I, I haven't seen it, but he did a. Yassim Bey did a video recently uh, undergoing the uh, forced feed, uh, forced feeding that people, prisoners in Guantanamo Bay are undergoing. I guess there's more or less a prison-wide hunger strike there. Yeah. And after a certain amount of days, you will get fed whether you want to or not. Yeah. Uh, I guess you get a tube stuck up your nose, and it sounds very unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, yeah, I haven't seen this video. I think we were talking earlier. None of us have seen it. Yeah, I saw a clip from it. Okay, where he was just like, sort of like, he had to like get the thing out of him, or like the force feeding tube because it was too, too uncomfortable. Well, yeah. So I have no intention of, of watching it, but right. He did that, which is interesting, you know. He, so he, he's put out several albums. Like this one is from 1999, 99 or 98, 99. And to be honest, like I listened to this quite a bit when it came out, and uh, the year before. He came out with an album with uh, so the the album is black on both sides, and then uh, the year before him and Talib Kweli came out with the album uh, Black Star, uh, and those two like the Black Star album is amazing, it's really good. And then this came out a year later, and this this is a really strong album. It's got a lot of live uh, instrumentation and uh, yeah, really good songs. And this is around the time where I was listening to a lot of hip hop, and I think I didn't really listen to. You know, I started to wean off of it and didn't listen to much rap after that. And I haven't heard any of his albums since then. I think he has three more since since then. But he's also kind of forayed into movies and television. I saw him in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else has he been in? I, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. He has some credits in some, some movies and some TV shows. And so it's interesting when someone with a bit of a profile does, you know, does the force tube feeding mm-hmm. video because it's you know clearly going to get seen by people and is raising an issue that like yeah you know you read about there being a protest in Guantanamo Bay and I think you know one might think oh yeah they're too bad that prison is still open or too bad all those people are being held there without going on trial and so it gives a, a visual kind of element to 
stuff that is going on right I now. If it might be argued that it's a form of torture to, to force I think that is part of it, yeah, yeah. part of the, the discussion. Uh, so, yeah, let's check out the song. There's a lot of mathematics involved. Oh, and it was interesting because, well, my next song, well, I'll get into it afterwards, actually. Let's listen to the song first. This is uh, Mathematics by Most Def. <laughs> Bucka, 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 bucka. <laughs> you know the deal. This is me, though. Beast by Supremo for all of my people, Negroes and Latinos, and even the gringos. Yo, check it, one for Charlie Hustle, two for Steady Rock, three for the four coming live, future shot. It's five dimensions, six senses, seven firmaments of heaven and hell, eight million stories to tell. Nine planets faithfully keep an orbit with the probable tenth. The universe expands length, the body of my tax possess extra strength. Power lift the powerless up, out of this towering inferno. My ink so hot and burn through the journal. I'm lacking at midnight on bro, where you myrtle. Hip-hop past all your tall social hurdles like the nationwide this prison industry complex Working class poor better keep your alarm set Streets too loud to ever hear freedom ring Say it back in with your sleep It's dangerous to dream But your chain cats get the chip You dead now Killing fields need blood to grade the cash cow It's a numbers game but shit don't add up somehow Like I got 16 to 32 bars to rock it But only 15% of profits ever seen my pockets Like 69 billion in the last 20 years Spent on national defense But folks still live in fear Like nearly half of America's largest cities is one quarter the black. That's why they gave Ricky Ross all the crap. 16 ounces to a pound, 20 more to a key. A five minute sentence here and you no longer free. 40% of Americans own a cell phone so they can hear everything that you say when you ain't home. I guess Michael Jackson was right. You are not alone. Rock your hard half black as you in the terror zone. Full of hard niggas, large niggas, dice tumblers. Young teens in prison greens facing life numbers. Crack mothers, crack babies, and AIDS patients. Young bloods can't spell, but they can rock you a PlayStation. Snoo Mavis with my mother. Fuck his ass. You wanna know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. <laughs> Mighty most deaf. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Mighty most deaf. <laughs> it's simple mathematics. Check it out. <laughs> I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? Two sides to every story, three strikes and you bitten for life Mandatory, four MCs murdered in the last four years I ain't trying to be the fifth when the millennium is here Yo, it's six million ways to die From the seven deadly thrills Eight-year-olds getting found with nine mils It's 10 p.m. where your C's at What's the deal? They on the hill pumping grills To keep their bellies filled Lighting the ass with heavy steel Sights on the pretty shit in life Young soldiers trying to earn their next strike When the average minimum wage is 515 You best believe you gotta find a new grind to get cream The white Unemployment rate is nearly more than triple for black. Some frontliners got their gun in your back. Bubble and crack. Jewels after robbery to combat poverty and end up in the global jail economy. Stiffer stipulations attached to each sentence. Budget cutbacks but increased police presence. And even if you get out of prison, still living, join the other five million under state supervision. This is business. No faces, just lines and statistics from your phone, your zip code to SSI digits. The system break man challenge women in the figures. Two columns for who is and who ain't. Niggas, numbers is hard to realize. 
feeling they never had feelings But you push too hard, even numbers got limits Why did one straw break the camel back? Here's the secret, the million other straws underneath it It's all mathematics I'm mighty most definitely It's simple mathematics Check it out I'll revolve around science What are we talking about here? Mighty most definitely It's simple mathematics Check it out All right, that was Mathematics by Most Def from the 99 album Black on Both Sides. So yeah, lots of math in there. Probably some numbers that could be updated, the 40% of right. people owning a cell phone. Got lots of social issues as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you like to hear. And yeah, he's... Yeah. Um, S- speaking, speaking truth to power. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and... I really like. I listened to this album a lot. Went around that time. Not yeah. so, you know. It's it whole like it's it's good. Uh, I'm kind of curious what his other stuff is like. Cause I think one of them he collaborated with um, Modest Mouse, maybe. Oh shit! Who I should I should have looked this up before. But anyway, one was like a, a collaboration, and yeah, the time like he was on a lot of uh, Ruckus Records stuff. That, that label ended up folding like right around ninety nine two thousand I think. Mm. Yeah, and apparently there's a new uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie coming out <laughs> that he's supposed to be in. Uh, I don't watch the TV show Dexter, but apparently he plays himself <laughs> on oh, really? that show. Yeah. Oh, it was, no, it was with uh, Madlib, who produced all the tracks for one of his uh, his albums. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my next song, which I'm not going to play now, but I, I, was, I found something that had to do with the... I was reading about songs that have the Fibonacci principle but sequence 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 yeah and um which is like uh, it starts with a zero and a one and then it's always the next number is like the last two numbers combined so it goes zero one and one and two and three and five then eight yeah etc uh and there's a song from the black star album um Astronomy Ate the Light, where the chorus like references that, references like the, the pattern sequence. It's a pattern that appears a lot in nature as well, actually. Um, there's a book written by um, a professor at the University of Manitoba, you know, Sasho, mm-hmm. um, Math and Art, where he sort of uh, illustrates how the Fibonacci sequence appears in um, various, both man-made and, uh, and natural and, phenomena. And is it because it has to do with the... Um, that spiral, the golden ratio, the golden ratio, yeah. that yeah. relation. Yeah, yeah. I was, so I was reading about the the golden ratio as well today a little bit, which is um, what's the the deal? What's the importance with the golden ratio? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess they just they find that it occurs it in just a occurs, lot of places. Occurs in okay, yeah. but then it like and continues on. I think to I think its importance is more aesthetic than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like in a lot of a lot of patterns that people find to be pleasing. <laughs> turns it's up somewhere there. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so what are, like there's like it's in like what pine cones or something uh or s- yeah maybe sunflowers or some mm-hmm. some type of flower yeah uh, but there's the golden spiral which is based on the ratio and like you know a snail's shell will have a golden spiral or something like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's sort of a mysterious thing that that appears in, in a lot of uh right because mm-hmm. nature is supposed to be like there's no like perfect circles or perfect squares Supposedly, right? 
nature the thing? I don't know. And then like you have like a spiral <laughs> that works out. Yeah. Well, don't we? I thought yeah. like I thought people sort of like make things out into like shapes that make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In nature itself, that's true. Yeah. Although it would make sense that there's got to be some order or design of the way things occur over time. Yeah, you'd think so. There should be a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. And this seems to be part of that part of that picture. Mm-hmm. No one really knows, I think, why maybe it's so ubiquitous. Uh, maybe this is catching you off guard. Are there other mathematical things that one finds like in nature or like are relevant or like um you know that you see patterns of um well golden actually would probably be a pretty good guy to ask about sort of like the philosophy of whether you know the nature of the existence of mathematical ideas or whatever like platonic solids and stuff because he did yeah. do his undergrad in philosophy as well. Right, so. yeah, but it turns out I'm actually not that great of a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because, like, is, yeah. Well, what's what's so good about math? <laughs> well, math is a language, um, and it's sort of like the language of science. And it turns out that if you prove, you know, if you can prove things about mathematical objects, often you can translate that knowledge into... Uh, some sort of it often pays off um, and it pays off maybe more than you would think it would um, n- no one's exactly sure why it's um, as as sort of it, it's sort of mysterious that it's so effective at solving certain certain problems that, that um, there were a few papers written about it um, about 50 years ago uh, sort of philosophical papers um, Although unfortunately the, the names elude me, um, mm-hmm. but but it's by 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 proving certain mathematical facts, you can you can often um, you know you can often sort of apply apply them to engineering problems or mm-hmm. or uh, learning learning yeah. about the physical world. Okay. And it's weird um, because it seems I mean that math was sort of discovered. And used directly for applications initially, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, right off the bat, counting and number systems and yeah. um, had direct implications. But then at so, and then, you know, later on, if you're a mathematician, you're also a physicist. Yeah. And sort of like yeah, that's the, right. the science and math diverged at some point. And the connections are still there, but mathematicians, some of them aren't so concerned with those connections. I mean, they're still applied mathematicians, but I would say probably what Golden and I, what Golden's doing and what I did were more more concerned about finding those structures and then, you know, having someone else maybe find the connection at a later date. Right, that's true. But then sometimes it turns out that the more abstract math, uh, they find an application for it later. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the math that wasn't developed specifically with physics or something in mind. Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about, well, number theory is a good example um, because about 100 years ago, there's a famous mathematician, G.H. Uh, Hardy, who said something like, you know, thank, thank God that um, number theory is unsullied by, unsullied by any applications. Because a lot, of, a lot of math at that time was applied for warfare and the such, and he was a pacifist. Yeah. And so he was happy that number theory had no applications. But since then, uh, in the last, uh, well, so, since the 70s, it's turned out that number theory um, does have applications to the field of cryptography. Um, and uh, in the in the mid seventies, um, there was a, there's an app, sort of a cryptographic uh, system that was developed called the RSA uh, crypto system, 
and 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 it's sort of based on um, the fact that there's no known way to break a large integer up into a product of uh, of primes mm -hmm. in, in a reasonable amount of time. So that's a number theory uh, problem, mm -hmm. and that's the basis for this crypto system. Um, and so, in, in order to break this this crypto system, you have to do some number theory. Mm -hmm. um, and nobody knows how to how to break it in general, though some you can get certain special cases. And then even since then, um, number theories um, found applications in cryptography in a more even more abstract way. Um, these objects called elliptic curves, which were you know once thought to be sort of the height of, of sort of abstraction and sophistication, it turns out you can you can build crypto systems based on these curves as well. Um, so, so these are these were you know problems like the problem of factoring an integer into the product of primes, or the problem of you know dealing with these elliptic curves were sort of studied abstractly first, um, mm -hmm. but then later it was found that um, they have these very practical implications. So the interest in the problem itself drove you know the mathematicians to solve it before they ever saw it and actually use for it. Yeah. yeah, I think that probably happens a lot. Where yeah, you end up innovation comes later. Or catches up to something that, yeah, yeah, something someone's thinking about. Yeah, I really had no idea what you were just talking about. Though. <laughs> Sorry, mm -hmm. no, no. Yeah. But be, basically, the gist is like some people did some abstract math, yeah. and then later it turned out it had applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like cryptography, which is you know used in like to for security for all of your sure. online banking or whatever has you know it's number theory is being used there. So yeah, yeah, and it. So yeah, and now I've, the, the name of those papers I was referring to earlier has come back to me. I think it's called the unreasonable effectiveness of mathematics. Uh, mm. Those papers discussing, um, you know, sort of the surprising usefulness of mathematics for solving practical problems. Hmm. Yeah. All right, I'm kind of curious if there's some uh, some places that math is you know playing a role in our lives that we don't even know about. But maybe we should play a song and. Maybe if you have any ideas of sure for that, um, who who's going to play something? Yeah, I guess I was going to. Um, play one next. I was gonna play My Mathematical Mind by Spoon. Okay. Yeah, just the title says it all. There we go. <laughs>
All right, we're back. That was... My Mathematical Mind by Spoon. Yeah. And you, I guess you, you guys are both pretty big Spoon fans, it sounded like, when we were talking. Yeah, yeah we're, say, we're yeah. pretty enthusiastic about Spoon. <laughs> yeah. We've seen a couple times, I guess. Yeah. Pretty awesome band. Nice. I remember I, I played uh, I played a Spoon song, like, a l- several, several podcasts ago. And I remember as soon as we finished it, the, the guest turned to me and went, I didn't like that song. <laughs> 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 but I think this was a better spoon track okay yeah well so there's some there's some negative feedback too but i think overall you know yeah i think like they're pretty consistent like if you like one of their songs you're gonna like most of their yeah which isn't to say they're all the same there's a similarity is consistency in style but you know mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they do different things within that style yeah so you were talking about how like well i've never heard the singer in conversation but Maybe his talking voice is a little doesn't sound like he has a cold. Yeah, I don't know if I. I guess I just assume that. Yeah, I, mean, I think I've heard him talk. Yeah. It's a bit different. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's clear that the singing voice is not, you know, entirely speaks. natural or yeah. something. Right. Yeah. That seems like that seems okay. I think I'm okay with that. It seems to make sense. Why would you, you would want your singing voice to be as good as, or sound as good as possible? Well, or in this like, case, I think it was successful. Like it yeah, sounds good. It just like works with the songs or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do people who are really into mathematics kind of scoff a bit at other things because it, everything can, in a way, be boiled down? Well, no, mathematics? not everything can be boiled down to math. Okay, uh, math is just it's like a it's like a language, it's a deductive system. I mean, it's remarkable how much you can learn about the world using math, but still, like, you know, it's not the be all end all. Yeah, it's you mm-hmm. still need the the information from the from the physical world to sure. get stuff done. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm sure people like studying social sciences or something would like not agree at all with the statement that you could use math to understand everything or whatever but and in fact like when we're deciding some of the um which songs to play there are some examples where math is used in a humorous way to sort of like like cheesy example talk about love or something right and it's like oh haha you'll never describe it using the language of mathematics right and it's like yeah obviously you know yeah these are different yeah yeah, different genres. Uh, okay, now, James, I'm not sure if... I don't know what you do for work. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you're a teacher, but you're in... Yeah, you're so... Winnipeg for work, and we weren't sure... Mm-hmm, yeah, so um, I'm, I am taking a semester right now uh, off from teaching. Um, kind of like a... Sort of like a sabbatical thing, and I'm working for a company in Winnipeg um, that's a machine learning company, so they do... Uh, load forecasting for Manitoba Hydro, so they kind of um, predict how much energy will be used in Manitoba, like for any given hour, and they also produce how much wind power will be, uh, try to forecast how much wind power will be produced, and uh, they've also started um, doing some, a little bit of energy trading, so uh, it's pretty fun, it's it's a neat, um, you know, I've been teaching for a little while, which is really enjoyable as well, and this is just kind of getting back into the research side of things, so okay. I'm having a good time, yeah. And that's that's interesting about the um, trading on on those on the energy market. That's sort of brings to mind another area where math is used a lot um, in sort of I don't know I guess in, in the corporate world. Um, it's become a big thing to try to use mathematical models to predict um, the future price of stocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big field called quantitative analysis, um, and um, 
are arguably it's you know the, that's like the derivative markets and, and the such that are implicated with the uh, recent financial meltdown. Right, that's so, maybe so, that's, so that's such another, a good application. That's a contribution of math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess if anybody could figure out how to predict things like that, they would. Uh, yeah, so they have certain models and they they do the best work they to some extent. Can, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think they're a bit overconfident about their certainty, but mm -hmm. yeah, certainly. But they've been able to use them to make short-term profits, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so we're talking about how, like, there's so many unanswered, like, mathematical problems. Uh, are these, like, do you have, to you have to create the problems, right? Like, for example, like, you're not, these aren't just, like, out there. Some, some of them are. You some know, of them are. Like, some some of them like somebody will be studying something, they'll come across something they can't figure out, and then they'll put it, you know, they might make a, a guess about it called a conjecture. They might just say this is, you know, something I can't figure out, and then it's an unsolved problem. It's out there, and other people can look at it and try to solve it. Or you can make up your own problems. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Like, I guess they're all created by someone. They, to it, it's weird because, in a sense, they're created by someone, but they seem to arise quite organically, mm. a lot of them, you know. Yeah, so, again, it's like it's sort of a philosophical question, I mm -hmm. guess. You're asking, like, whether or not... So, yeah, so I'm wondering, do you mean... Like, do these questions exist, like, in the universe before people get to them? Or do you mean, like... Yeah, almost. Or, yeah. 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 And yeah. I guess that's... People argue about that, right? Oh, wow. Whether Yeah, <laughs> whether math is, like, discovered or created, you know. Mm -hmm. On that note... <laughs> uh, Golden Eagle. Oh, yeah, right. right it's my turn, right? So, okay, so I'm going to play or a song by uh, this guy, uh, Nick Zamuto. But I guess the band is just called Zamuto. Um, the guy used to be in a band called The Books. Um, they're a well-known electronic band. They sort of might describe their music as kind of like collage, like a bunch of sounds one after the other in sort of quick succession. Mm. Um, the, his, I guess, yeah, so the band, they disbanded. Now he's doing some solo stuff. Uh, the difference between The Books and his solo stuff is I think that the solo stuff is more like traditional um, pop songs. Like they're, they're sort of more traditional song structures um, and I'm pretty into it okay yeah so the, yeah the other stuff collage wise sounds it, it's pretty cool okay. um, yeah um, and so so this song is called uh, too late to topologize um, it's it's a pun on uh, too late to apologize which was a hit song recently um, yeah. and um, yeah, topology is a is a branch of mathematics that uh, you used to. Yeah, study. actually, I, I used it quite a bit in my masters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's that's the pun. So and, it's hilarious. And, and it, sort of, <laughs> it sort of illustrates like another facet of mathematical life, which is like ridiculously bad puns. Yep. Mm -hmm. Bad really? jokes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a very there's a very, very like in, like quantity of bad math jokes. I bet. Well, and then like only understandable to other like math geeks, right? Because. <laughs> If you don't know the terms to begin with, you're not even going to get the, the play on. That's mm -hmm. true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So is like is the this person is he um, a student of math? I know? don't know. Yeah, I, I don't like, know like, what his it? what his relation to math is, but he clearly knows what topology is. So mm -hmm. that's that's better than nothing. That's more than a lot of people know. Yeah, yeah. I wonder about like bands who they'll often they'll sometimes have like an entire album where some very obscure terms and it's like are they just are they into this stuff or do they just look around for strange words to name things yeah. after I have been approached when I have like a topology textbook and people are like oh yeah so you're studying mountains and stuff that's pretty cool 
not an attempt on, on their part to be clever. <laughs> no, no, that's no, they <laughs> thought it was topography. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So sorry, the song again. Uh, right. So it is too late to topologize by Zamuto.
Uh, we were just listening to uh, Too Late to Topologize by Zumuto. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It sounded neat. I yeah. want to hear some more of uh, his stuff. Yeah, you should check it out. If yeah. You'd like some of it. Nice. Yeah, yeah then look at the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think th I find that this is maybe more accessible mm. than the books, but books are certainly more well known. Mm. Okay. Yeah. When and so when were the books around? Early two thousands. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so are we? Are, is there any other math that we uh, need to cover <laughs> for the mathematics? No, you're basically an expert now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think I know. Le yeah. I feel like I know less just because like. I don't know what most of you, what you were talking about was. I could follow some of the words. This is definitely going to be one of the, the episode with like the most obscure terms, <laughs> right. I think. Yeah, that's good for I listeners, think that right? probably more to like our failure to uh, communicate successfully. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, and like the <laughs> inability to have a chalkboard over the radio. Yeah, right. it's just difficult to talk about certain things, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it's difficult to translate things into a meta language sometimes, you yeah. know, from like the specific technical language. Well, like we were saying earlier, I mean, often it's difficult for mathematicians to talk to each other. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you have to sort of, you know, talk in, in generalities and sometimes you might oversimplify things to try to make them uh, understandable. And I guess I mm -hmm. failed even at that. Well, and how, and how do you find it as instructors? Because Golden, you've instructed like, you know, earlier students as well, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, what I do is I teach labs. Um, okay. And I work in, you know, a help center that we have at the school. So so they're like tutorials, basically, like to go along with classes. So mm -hmm. so James is like at a higher level than me. But yeah, I mean, I teach and it's different for different students and uh, often it can be a challenge. It's, it's certainly difficult, um, you know, when students come into university and often they're they're expected to take these courses, um, but they don't really have the background knowledge to uh, to, to understand the material. Um, yeah. You know, like. It's very very often the case that students taking calculus don't really know how to add or multiply with fractions, for example. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's about the point when I decided math wasn't for me when we started multiplying fractions. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, so there are definitely some pedagogical difficulties. Yeah. 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 But I guess that's the theory of teaching the subject is you sort of hope that there's a baseline knowledge and you can build upon that. But yeah. it, certainly it's true for some students. Mm -hmm. No, like James, you mentioned having uh, a teacher who kind of showed you some interesting things when you were in high school, and then mm -hmm. like you know you found that encouraging and found an interest in it. Yeah. Would you ever, as a teacher, discourage someone from pursuing mathematics? Because I'm sure some people um, cut out. Well, most people aren't cut out for it, and some people maybe try and shouldn't. I mean, usually students are at, at the level I teach are pretty self-aware. You know, out. they they know you know if they have you know, an aptitude for it, or yeah. they'll have some other interest if they if they don't, right, you know, so I, I don't, I've never had to dissuade <laughs> anything, you know, you know what, you're, you're pretty bad, so maybe you shouldn't approach yeah. it, um, what were go you going to say? Oh, I, no, go on, um, but uh, I've tried to, you know, sort of take to heart my experience with, with that teacher, and, uh, and you know, uh, if I find students who seem to be interested in it, give them some neat things to look at and try and foster that interest and try and make it as painless as possible for the people who aren't, obviously aren't into it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, help them as much as I can. Right. I was going to say, like, I've never actually tried to dissuade someone from, from studying um, whatever they, they want, but I have, like, sort of 
offered some cautionary words about students who are interested in pursuing graduate studies in in math. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah that's that's more just about pursuing graduate studies in general. It's uh, your, yeah. There are a lot of cons to doing that. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. Th- but that's even a. Uh, a conversation you'd have with a student who's good. Like yeah, I, you yeah know, that's right. Yeah, so yeah, it is a conversation I had with a student who was good. In yeah, fact. yeah, because you know it's like you should know that it's know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Getting into. Know why you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. What's the millennium theory? Oh yeah, we were just talking. Problems. Yeah, we were trying to come up with <laughs> yeah. some ideas of what we could talk about. <laughs> what a fool! <laughs> uh, well, there are this these set of problems um, called the millennium problems where. Uh, was it the what's the institution? Is it the, the Millennium? Is it the Clay Institute? Or Clay Institute, yeah, has given them offers a million dollar prize for the solution, the correct solution to any of the problems. Oh, okay. Um, and they're all famous problems in them. And a few world. of those have gotten uh, solved mm-hmm. in, in the last Some little while. Interesting characters. Was uh, was Fermat's last theorem or Fermat Fermat's last theorem one of those problems? Uh, yeah, and that was the I, I yeah I haven't really looked into it too closely, but I think that was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. Good incentive to yeah. Right, it's a good incentive, but it's like also you could spend your your yeah. whole life trying to solve those problems. <laughs> yeah, and but it, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny because. From you know talking to people, they say like the the money. I mean, obviously, is a lot of money, but actually, like you are pretty much set if you solve one of those problems anyway. Like okay. you'll be a rock star in the world of mathematicians <laughs> or whatever. So, yeah. but also, I feel like a lot of the people going for one of those problems, like you'd have to be crazy as a graduate student to be like, okay, what am I going <laughs> to write my dissertation about? Okay, one of these like like <laughs> these problems that they're offering people a million dollars to solve. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. most of the people going after that are already almost set for life. Anyways, they're like tenured professors or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, money, like, I'm sure they'd want it, but, you know, not as much no. as I, I might want it or something. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, just before we get to the last song, uh, I should do a little, a quick rundown here of the show. Uh, you know, thanks for, for tuning in, either um, on the radio, which if it's not on the radio, by deduction, would have, you'd be listening to it on the, the internet. That's some good math. There you go. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, so the radio show is on Monday nights on UMFM 101.5 at 11 p.m. Uh, but this is podcast number, I don't know, 40-something. Um, <laughs> so if you're listening to this in either format, you can also just go to www.witchpolice.com and look up any of the other podcasts with any number of other themes and guests and, as always, different music. Let's see, we're also on Twitter somewhere. Hashtag, I think, Witch Police Radio. And on the Facebook, uh, also Witch Police Radio. I don't know. I, I don't usually do the rundown, but <laughs> I'm, I'm the only host. Uh, I'd like to thank our uh, the guests today. We had Goldwyn Miller and James Requima. Uh, do you guys have any current music projects or anything to uh, to tell the people about? No, just There's just our right speculative here. speculative <laughs> music project. That's right. Keep an eye out. Okay. Theory <laughs> 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 to the ground. Yeah, it could turn up. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So as I mentioned before, I was reading. Uh, well, the first song that actually came to mind when I was looking for a, some mathematic songs was uh, "Lateralist" by Tool. I used to work with a guy who was a really big Tool fan, and so he would tell me all these things about about them. And so this just kind of had stuck with me, I guess. I don't know. 
they have a song where uh, I guess the le- um, the time signature is like nine nine eight nine 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 eight nine seven or something. I forget what it is, but right. nine eighty seven is like the sixteenth number in the. I'm losing. I'm missing all my words here. Oh, what's the? Oh, the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, it's like the hundred or the sixteenth or hundred and sixteenth number. In, yeah, probably the sixteenth in the Fibonacci sequence. Yeah. And so they've got this song on the album Lateralus called Lateralus, where the um, the lyrics also follow the sequence. Mm. So, you know, like the syllable wise, it's just like one syllable, one syllable, two syllables, three, five, eight, and then it goes back again or something. So that's a very mathematical song. I listened to the song though, and it's not particularly, particularly good. I feel like that might happen when you're like, okay, I got this really <laughs> great math idea for a song, and then it doesn't turn out that yeah. well. Not a good starting point, maybe. And so I thought maybe I could play something else from that album, but uh, instead I started reading about other songs that may have, may incorporate the Fibonacci sequence as well. And it turns out I had one of them on record without even knowing it uh, by uh, Bartok. Bartok, um, off of Music for Strings, Percussion, and Celesta. Celesta? Uh, the third movement has like a xylophone at the very beginning that whose hits are very subtle and follow that sequence. Um, and then that's about it for the rest of that movement. I mean, I don't think anything else in it follows uh, the sequence at all. But in reading about it, it's kind of a notable work. Uh, because uh, uh, for the ensemble, it required, what was it, two orchestras, but without any, um, yeah, it called for like the full string orchestras, two of them, but no brass, no woodwinds, and it was like a, a per- very percussion based. And when they were, would set up, they would have to set up on either side and play towards each other, kind of like in a stereophonic manner, which you know, if uh, anyone has ever been to see an orchestra play, they'll go in like a semicircle facing the conductor. But this was like mm. across from each other, and it mm. was kind of predating stereo listening in a way. Mm. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, this is the third movement from Music for Strings, Percussion, and Celesta. This has been a mathematical edition of Witch Police Radio. Yeah, thanks. All right, yeah, thanks, thanks guys.